Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Metaphysical Hour. I'm Julia Cannon, and this is my co-host, Tracy Mahan, although I'm not sure if I want to claim her tonight, (laughs) (laughs) because she's already creating lots of mayhem. Boom, boom. (laughs) That was nice. There's going to be a lot of inside jokes going on, folks. Yeah, we had a lot of happening before the show. So, Tracy, do you want to do some of our introductory things before we introduce our special guest? Very special guest. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, if you guys would like to comment, um, go to one of those those many places where we're live streaming and click on the actual uh, stream if you're on Facebook. Click on it, open it up. I see a bunch of people are coming in already uh, mm-hmm. from all over the place. So yes, click on it, then comment. We we aren't taking questions today because we're introducing to you somebody fabulous from our level three crew. So, but I will be reading comments if you guys want to share any. If you want me to <coughs> ask Julia a question, just put boom boom in front <laughs> of your comment. And then <laughs> I will know it's for Julia. All right. But if there are any questions asked of me, they need to be relevant to our guest. <laughs> okay, this is part of our joke. Okay, now she's she's not going to let this boom, boom drop. And so I will let you guys figure out what that's all about. So guesses, please. Anyway, thank you. <laughs> um, continuing on with our QHHT Level 3 series. I love this. I love this. One of our new Level 3 practitioners. Woohoo! It's Artie Argrawal. Did I get it? Yes, you did. Awesome. (laughs) I was working on it. I was really, because I know what it's like. You know, Canon is my, my real name, my maiden name, the one I had all my life, but I had another name and I still use it in my, in the legal and it, gets butchered all the time so i understand having a name that gets also like, like this big right? it's like that long yeah <laughs> so, and mine um, too <laughs> <laughs> yeah so anyway welcome welcome Artie. so glad to have thank you, you here <laughs> thank you <laughs> yeah and and so excited to hear your story what what I get off on, I love, love, love. And I know Tracy, but I think Tracy's already heard your story, but anyway, but it's okay. We're going to repeat it. Um, <laughs> I like to see where you're from. What, what happened? What brought you here? What brought you into the world of what metaphysics and QHHT? Um, I always make a, you know, like a scoff at it, but sometimes if people come back, Oh yes. I said, you know, were you born into it? And several of the last ones have said, actually, yeah, I kind of came out knowing yeah, I I knew this stuff, but many people evolve into it. So that I just love yeah. to hear the different stories. So, so I do, yeah. do want to clarify, Artie was not one of my students. She oh, was she was not. Class. Okay. <laughs> no, she was in the class I sat in with Marilyn. That's how you know. I got okay. to yes, I got to just quietly sit there and absorb all the information. And um it was such a delight to be able to be part of that class and sit in on it. So cool. Uh, but yeah, so it's it's kind of like it's kind of like one of mine where I'm yeah, so I mean, proud of all the yes, hard work you did absolutely. and all the stuff to get yeah. here. Yes. yes. So, yeah. <laughs> so Artie, tell okay. us tell us your story. Um, okay. First of all, thank you for having me here. I feel so honored to be able to talk to you, to Tracy. Um, and like Tracy mentioned, she was um a part of my level three training. And it was, I looked at her like, wow, this is double trouble. We have two <laughs> level three practitioners here. But it was great. It was fantastic. But anyways, thank you. Um, I'll tell you, um, I grew up in India and um, I left India when I was 20 years old. I've lived in several countries, um, UK, and then got married, moved to New York. I've been here for over 20 years now. Um, But in these 20 years, there has been a lot of travel to different places. Um, So this started in 2015. I was not born into a family that was uh, exposed to this this side of the world. Um, You think that India is a land of spirituality, you know, a mystic land, but really 
having grown up in modern India, um, I'll tell you my story and you'll 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 see what I mean by it. Um, when when we moved to Hong Kong in 2015, we moved there with my family. I have two kids, um, moved there for my husband's work. And I was an interior designer <laughs> uh, before that. So we moved to Hong Kong and I felt like the veil was completely ripped off of my face. I just suddenly started seeing things. I started oh. seeing things, feeling things I could not make sense of. And uh, especially after we moved into our apartment, this is the first year in Hong Kong, a completely new culture, a completely uh, new language. Everything is different. I'm trying to settle my kids in into their new school. And I'm now seeing spirits everywhere. Oh, no. <laughs> what the heck is going on? Um, I thought I'm losing my mind. I thought I need medical assistance because um, I was, you know, being the logical person that I used to be <laughs> in the past <laughs> tense. <laughs> um, I thought that I have some vitamin deficiencies or I'm hallucinating for some reason. Um, I still remember, we just have an hour. I got to uh, fast forward the story. <laughs> I still <You're> <laughs> remember. I still remember um, this was a week into moving to Hong Kong, into our apartment. We're sitting at the dining table, eating our meal, breakfast. My kids are sitting in front of me. My husband is here. And I see that there are four other beings behind my kids, just standing and quietly just staring at me. Okay. <laughs> I looked at my husband like, can you see that? I didn't say that to him because I was too worried that you know, I didn't know how people are going to perceive this in me, this new me. Yeah. Um, they were completely oblivious. And I was just so scared, thanks to the media and um, the big, you know, they make it to be such a scary thing. Well, so yeah. I was very fearful of that. Um, I went through this very quietly on my own for about two to three months, did not tell a soul. I would be exploring Hong Kong and I wouldn't just see people. I would see their departed loved ones walking with them. Uh. I would be sitting in a taxi and I would just pick up emotions from the people who were sitting in that taxi before me. And I'd be like, I was very happy a minute ago. Why am I feeling so What's upset out of the blue? It was very chaotic, very confusing for me. I didn't have any answers. Um, I finally told my husband and uh, we both agreed we, I need to go see a doctor. Um, went to the doctor, told her what was going on. She looked at me like, okay. Um, I said, just do a blood work. I want to see if my B12 is okay. I don't want to be hallucinating. You know, I got, I think I'm hallucinating. She ran the test. It all came normal. I said, mm -hmm. okay, this doesn't make sense. Can you put me under an MRI scan? Maybe you should check my brain. It could be a neurological disorder. Something's <laughs> off. <laughs> she said, no. She said, nope, I'm not putting you under a scan because nothing's wrong with you. I'm like, okay, she doesn't understand. So I flew myself to India. And that's when I took my parents into confidence. This is eight months into not sleeping because I'm so fearful. Because at night, mm -hmm. my room would be filled with beings. Mm -hmm. And I would just be in my covers so scared because I didn't know what to do. Um, I would see flying orbs in my apartment. Um, anyways, I'm not going to get into the details of different stories. Um, and I took myself to India. I told my parents about what's happening to me. And I thought my mom would know this stuff. She is from India, for God's sake. You know, these things are so common there, I thought at least. <laughs> and my mom was like, you need to go see a doctor. I'm like, yeah, I went to a doctor. And she's like, no, nothing's wrong with me. Um, and now she's crying because she's afraid I'm going to start climbing up the walls and ceilings and killing people. God knows, you know, she was so afraid for me. I was too, honestly. 
Quick question. Were you still seeing, were you seeing spirits when you went to India? Were you still seeing them there? Or was it just a Hong Kong thing? No, it just started. It was it just everywhere. started there. And then now you're seeing, okay. It was everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, they took me to temples and they're like, you know, doing everything with the mm-hmm. priest. I'm like, mom, this is not working really. <laughs> um, then I went to a psychiatrist and um, told the psychiatrist what's happening. And he thought I'm undergoing depression because we moved Mm-hmm. Um, to a new country, and maybe I'm not processing this information well. Um, and he had prescribed some antidepressants to me. I'm like, hell no, I'm not taking that. I don't think I'm depressed at all. Um, then I asked him that, hey, are there any sort of scans that you can do just to see if there is something, some imbalance in my brain? Maybe yeah. if I am depressed, there should be a scan that is showing you that there's some depression enzymes that could be peaking up. He said, yeah, well, there is. And he put me under the scan. I was like, yes, I'll finally have some answers, but it all came normal. I'm like, okay, so this is something I don't, I'm afraid to, uh, I was scared that it would be the case, and it was. Um, everything was okay with me medically. That's when I told myself, okay. So this is something spiritual, something that I don't understand. And I I need to find answers to this because there is no one around me that is exposed to this world. And I had to figure it out on my own. Um, There was this side of me, the, the duality, the dichotomy of fear and that nudging love was so apparent to me at this time because that fear was telling me, don't be stupid. They're going to go away. Don't interact because they'll possess you and you won't be you. You have young kids. And then there is this other side that's telling me that it's okay. Just try it. What's the harm? Yeah, I was there. wondering, like, what are you picking up from them? Are you, but you're not interacting at this point. So you're not even knowing, getting anything. No. Okay. No. Right. So this other side of me would tell me that, you see the same beings every day. And mm. this is, it's been a year. Um, when did they ever harm you? When did they ever possess you? And mm. when did they ever make you things that you didn't want to do? They didn't do that. They're just quietly standing there, which means that they are not here to hurt you. Like, okay, this makes sense. <laughs> then I told myself Good that- logic. Yeah. Yeah, well, I was, I, I, this was the time when I could really like see myself as two, like Mm -hmm. this fearful me that the small me and then there was, I didn't understand at that time that it was my higher self. I do, I do now. But this other part of me was so like the difference was very um, evident. Um, So I started researching um, about my experiences. And it would lead me to YouTube. And every time I went on YouTube, there would be this one video with the picture of this old lady that would pop. What is she doing on this, right? Because I'm I'm looking for spirits and, you know, pineal gland and this, that. I don't know why she's showing up. I ignored Dolores's videos for two months. Then um, I was doing some research at this one time and Dolores's video popped up again. And I said, you know what, let me just see what she has to say. And I clicked on it. (laughs) And that was the time my husband was (laughs) traveling to India for work. And he, um, since he was there for work, he went to see one of his uncles who is, my husband is into banking. So a completely different world for him. So he went to see his uncle who's also into banking. Um, So here, this is how it is, okay? I turn on Dolores' video. And one minute into the video, I get a call from my husband and he says, "Um, honey, I'm sitting with my uncle and I was just expressing to him about your experiences. And he asked me if you've heard of Dolores Cannon. (laughs) I just fell off my chair. I said, what? He said, yeah, I mean, he's showing me this book. It's called Between Death and Life. And this lady, Dolores Cannon, has written it. He thinks this book will help you. Should I get it for you? (laughs) I'm like, like, yes, please, please do. And I didn't tell him at that time what was happening. 
but it was a huge synchronicity for me. I knew I had to um, explore this part and understand why this happened. Um, and then I started reading about Dolores. I read the book Between Death and Life, and I was filled with so many questions before. But when I read the book Between Death and Life, it answered most of my questions uh, in terms of the spirit side and what these uh, departed ones or the ones who haven't been able to cross over, what do they want and how are they even on this plane? There's so much information there. I was like, wow, this is great. And then I thought, okay, she's from Arkansas. I'm sitting on the other side of the globe in Hong Kong. What are the odds that I find a practitioner here impossible, right? And I start Googling. And I find a level three practitioner in mm -hmm. Hong Kong. Yes. Like, oh my God, <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> um, I went for a session. In my session, my higher self said to me, you're going to become a QHHD practitioner. And then I'm laughing in my session and I'm saying, <laughs> yeah, right. No, <laughs> I'm happy to be a designer. I'm not becoming a practitioner. And um Whatever, I got off my session. I had a huge physical healing that I personally experienced. My knee got healed. Um, but I remember I came out of the session and I told Jovi, who was my practitioner, mm -hmm. that I think I made it all up. Um, it was it was a very, very original. Was a, that was very. Yeah. Yeah, very. Yeah, very. <laughs> <laughs> made that up. It was a very profound experience, but I thought I made it all up. Mm -hmm. um, I went back home and got back into my life. I did a lot of self-healing work. It led me into this connection to the other side mm -hmm. actually um, helped me to work on myself, to understand, um, because I, I really felt that if I'm so afraid, um, I don't know how I can help these guys who are here to ask me for help. Mm -hmm. Um to cut the long story short, I started interacting with them. And, Yay! Uh, I'm like, I want the interaction <laughs> part. Did you ever? <laughs> okay. I had some really, really massive validations. And it was just so humbling to watch these troubled spirits to be able to cross over and find mm -hmm. the peace or whatever was holding them back yeah. and not the fear which is usually the case not letting them to cross over to become that mediator between them and the guides was just like oh my god what a job what a, what an amazing thing to do anyways um i get an email from jovi you know i sent jovi an email that hey you know my knee healed i guess i wasn't making it up after all <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and uh, she said, listen, I'm doing this companion class in level one. I remember you said you will become a practitioner. Why don't you train for this? I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. Um, I did my level one training, loved it, um, did the companion class, did a few sessions in Hong Kong, and the results were just mind-blowing. Mm -hmm. They were like, wow, this is amazing. The first session was scary. I, I, I had no idea what the heck I'm doing. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and I was like, wow, Dolores makes it seem so easy, <laughs> but it's not, right? <laughs> um, anyways, I had my few sessions and they were incredible experiences. Um, some of the clients even had profound healing in my level one uh, sessions. And then we moved to move back to the U.S. in 2019. We, we were in Hong Kong for four years. And it turns out that there was a level two training in Mount Shasta at that time. And I had registered for it. I went to that session. And I remember the first day in the conference room. Oh, my God. The energy, the energy was, was just huge there. Over the roof. That was the one yes. where the human resonance was bouncing yes, off the wall. energy. Oh was, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> it was incredible. And mm -hmm. then I remember the first day, Julia, when you came up and you talked to all of us, we were what, 100, 100 practitioners sitting in mm -hmm. that room? Right. What you said 
and the way you said it, the energy, the love, like I could see Dolores standing right next to you uh, in that room as you were speaking. And I looked at you guys, Tracy, Suzanne, everyone came up and you guys were all training us. I was like, man, I want to be that. I know I'm going to be a level three practitioner because these guys are such experts in this. And this is, mind you, I'm just level one and I'm there to be trained as level two. And the one week I learned so much in that level two training because you guys talk about such nuances that, you know, you don't really pay attention to in level one. Um, I could see that, oh, I'm not doing this in my uh, sessions. I'm not doing that. The induction is so important. The way the energy you bring into a session is so important, which I didn't know at that time. So right. anyways, um, the level two training really um, did it for me. I my, my sessions had gone to a different level after. Um, I was so mesmerized by... Um, how much you guys knew about little, little, because I was noticing we are 100 practitioners there and we are all throwing random questions at you guys. <laughs> I had this experience. I had that experience. What should I do? How should I do this? But you guys had answers to everything. There was never a time when you're like, oh, I don't know. How, what would you do about that? Right. So it was, it was just, um, I really felt that this is where I want to be in this journey of uh, being a QHHD practitioner. Um, and I noticed how many lives you guys were changing um, mm. in those seven days because all of us practitioners were coming from different walks of our lives. And uh, the one thing I noticed that everyone found a way to march forward through QHHT. And to me, that was like, this is, this is really a celeb, like a celebrity status for me, because you guys are making and changing so many different lives. And through you, we are getting equipped to pay it forward in our own way to different clients. So that to me was very, very inspiring. Um, when I got my level two certificate and I started my sessions and I was like, man, these sessions are, I'm rocking my sessions. This is great. <laughs> you know, why that is when I thought, why do I, why did I think I need to become a level three practitioner since I'm doing yeah. everything, you know, all my sessions are successful. <laughs> my clients are receiving the healings. It's all great. But then um, something told me that, no, you can't just, sit back thinking you're the best because that comes from a place of ego. And if there is a level three training, it means that there is something else that I'm probably not aware of. And I'm not going to sit here thinking that I got it all. So I got to figure this thing out. Um, of course, COVID hit at that time and it was a different whatever, but I was <laughs> fortunate <laughs> <laughs> I was I was fortunate enough to um, um, still conduct my sessions after taking a brief break, mm -hmm. and um, I was able to get in for my level three training. And my trainer was mentor was Marilyn Dyke. She is incredible. Um, yes, <laughs> incredible. I still remember the first day uh, Marilyn was there, and then when Tracy was in that video, I'm like why do we have two practitioners here? Because now they're both going to be looking at our sessions and nitpicking small, small things. Mm -hmm. And oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> but really, I felt like with the level three training, with level two, I thought I don't need anything else. In level three, it helped me to um, ground myself mm. in a really humble way, in a way that, um, I cannot be thinking from my ego. It started with that because I didn't think that I want to get into level three after. Um, and then, you first of all, um, I loved that you take only two to three people in each training. And uh, they were focusing on 
one person at a time. And that to me was nerve wracking and amazing. <laughs> because, yeah, um, yeah. scary as hell. <laughs> it is, yeah, it is very scary. But at the same time, I think it is so important because um, they were working not just on the way we conduct ourselves with the uh, clients, but also on our own energy mm-hmm. and our mental emotional state that we bring into a session. Where would you ever learn that? Not in a class of 100 people. No, absolutely not. Exactly. Right? That's what we say. Level two, you're honing your skills. Level three, we're honing you. Yeah. And that was that was the thing for me that I was watching, I was paying close attention to the critique that went to my other two practitioners who were with me. Mm -hmm. I was making notes, understanding that, oh my gosh, there were so many things I was doing similar to what they were doing in the critiques. Um, And I understood that the faith and the trust that a practitioner brings in is equally important to the faith and the trust that the client brings in. It was a huge take for me. It was so huge. Um, I feel like my sessions after the level three training has, they've gone up to a different um, Mm -hmm. level, not in a way that, yay, the clients are getting great results out of it, but in a way that I am so much more um, present And so much more, I go in with that faith that they are going to get the best healing that's appropriate for them, which I, for me personally, it was lacking as a level two. Um, So sending uh, my, showing my session to Tracy and uh, Marilyn, I picked one of the best sessions. My client actually went into a somnambulistic state in that. Do you remember Tracy? She was a whale. Um, and uh, it was it was so good yet there were so many uh, things that I could have done in a different way Um, the results would have been I guess similar but at the same time she was I guess lucky (laughs) that she didn't pick up on those Um, but not every client is so suggestible and so easy to work with and these little Critiques really helped me to at- pay attention to the little mm-hmm. uh, little hints that the client throws at you when you're uh, talking to them. Mm-hmm. Now you're paying attention to those and talking to them um, accordingly, right? So yeah, that you're really... listening. <laughs> you are I'm really, really yeah. listening. The little <laughs> yeah. pearls. You don't want to miss an opportunity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's yeah. so many examples of that, but yeah, it's, and being a teacher of, of the level three um, is yeah. a game changer for me too, because it's, it's just fun. It's fun to work with everyone yeah. that's coming in as a level three and wanting to know that extra, what is this extra thing that we're doing? And yes. it really yeah. is, it's being present. Mm-hmm. What did that yeah. person just say to you? Well, that. Mm-hmm that this happened to them and then what did they say well they kept saying why you know whatever it might be and then it's like so what's your next question you know and in finding those the right next questions Mm -hmm. so important yes yeah yes so yeah that's my journey (laughs) very cool very cool so you were talking about these sessions um you know so do you have some that stand out that you know, whatever, you know, I love healing, but it doesn't have to be healing. Just things that stand out <laughs> would like to relay. And, and Yeah, to me, I think um, having been experienced, uh, experiencing spirits at a very late stage in my life, um, I was amazed at how not scary it is. So I love the idea of removing the uh, the fear factor from you know these kind of things and hence my favorite sessions are just normal sessions where people understand the emotions behind any um, I guess emotional mental physical issue 
you know, yes, aliens are great. And I have had great sessions with them as well. But my favorite are a regular past life that I see. And one was this um, um, lady who came in and her main concern was weight loss. And mm -hmm. she she had tried everything and she wasn't able to lose her weight. Um, so we spoke for some time and she went in and she got into a somnambulistic state. It was mm -hmm. so cool. Um, she saw herself as a tribe and it must have been like way back when because um, that was when this, I guess from her description, the Spanish were invading. She was either from Peru uh, or Mexico. I couldn't tell the difference between the two lands. Mm -hmm. um, she started with running into the forest and she is like huffing and puffing in her session. Um, and she's describing herself with red, white, and black marks on her body. Mm -hmm. And she said, I asked her about the marks and she said, well, it tells you from which tribe you, comes mm -hmm. from, you come from because different tribes are, have different colors. Okay. So, okay. And then she said, she's the son of the leader of the tribe. And the problem is that uh, one of the beliefs of the tribe was that when you go hunting, you kill the animal. And when you kill the animal, you're going to drink the blood. Because the, when you drink the blood, it saves you from the evil spirit. Now, okay. this is when she's British, but her accent changed to almost like, you know, uh, you cannot drink the blood. Like she was talking like that in her session. It was so cool to watch. Um, it so happens that she gets captured by the Spanish. And I think she was... Uh, <laughs> I think she was gay in that life and she didn't know um, as a guy. And uh, the parents and the father were all, uh, the mother and the father were always upset with her because, uh, with him, because she was a boy in that life. Right. Um, because she was um, not as strong as the other boys in the mm -hmm. tribe. And she always refused to drink the blood because she thought it was cruel. Um mm -hmm. So parents would always tell her that, no, you know, some something's going to get you because you're not doing what we are all, what you're supposed to do. They get captured by the Spanish and uh, this guy comes in and he, um, from the sailor from the Spanish ship comes out and she couldn't describe what a sleeve means. She's like, there's something hanging on his Skin on the hands. What is that? I've never seen, seen that before. Yeah. Yeah, he had never seen it before. I said, after some time, I said, Do you mean a sleeve? She said, Is that what you call it? A sleeve. I said, Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so the guy captures, um, they take the kids from um, the prisoners, but he takes only grabs her or him in that life. Mm -hmm and puts him in a special room and where he's she's like a 13 14 year old boy in that life um he was a pedophile and he was doing atrocious things to different kids in that ship at some point when she was taken into the ship uh, she's first taken into the lower deck and the moment she got there she started gagging and like shit i don't have a pail or a bucket here she's gonna throw up on my bed because <laughs> she was like smelling it actually mm -hmm. smelling it and gagging from it and then um anyway so she had a terrible time in the ship with this man because he was um using all these kids in the mm -hmm. ship uh, after the journey was over she was uh taken into a cornfield and that's how she died um and it turns out when I asked her about the weight loss and I asked the higher self why she was shown that life, the higher self said that um, she doesn't want to be physically attractive yeah. um, because she doesn't want anyone to take advantage of her. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't want to ever uh, feel like she's put into a situation where people can take advantage of her or she doesn't have control in her life. And she was holding on to uh, rage, abandonment and whatnot in her belly the whole time. And it released it for her in that session. It was such a emotional session, the way she was uh, describing what she went through as that little 
kid in that time period. And she kept saying that, you know, if only I drank the blood, the evil spirit would not have gotten me, right? And the higher self gave such a beautiful explanation to her about that because it was important to clear that, that no, it wasn't the blood, you know. Um, The higher self said that it wasn't your fault. Um, The guy would have captured people any which ways, you know. It wasn't about how you looked physically. Um, Because she kept saying that because I'm not strong like the other boys, I got captured. Mm. And um, just the healing bit and the explanation that was given to her was so beautiful. And and that's the beauty of that is with the, you get that perspective, first of all, and then you find that, you know, it's like if this doesn't, you don't need to bring that forward. You know, yeah. it can back to her that life. It's not, but that's where you find out where it came from. But yes, the, the higher yeah. self explanations. Yeah. <clears throat> So gorgeous. They, they, and they that's, that's, wait and wait, and we'll just a little soul speak. I mean, that's what we find out. It's you're protecting yourself. There's something you're making yourself yes. unattractive. There's some reason something happened, and yeah. it's either this life or another life. Something happened that you are protecting yourself, yeah, against or whatever from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like that, she was holding all those emotions in the belly. See all of that. That's everything. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then in her current life, she, you know, when we were talking, she would tell me that, you know, I'm so different from other women. I don't follow fashion. I don't Mm -hmm. follow any of that. And um, the higher self talked about that as well, that, you know, you're just so afraid to make yourself look attractive for anybody because you're protecting yourself from going through that, um, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, probably look attractive or stand be. out yeah. in any way. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. Tracy. What were you saying? I was just saying, yeah, that that experience had to be horrible. And then, at, yeah. if it happened as a child, there's a good chance that something got triggered in childhood, and this mm-hmm. one that brought that memory back. And then, okay, I'm gonna. Mm-hmm. I mean, and she talked about that as well. Yeah. yeah. She yeah. talked about that as well. She was. Uh, um, when she was a teenager, um, she said I was I was thin at a certain point, and when I turned nineteen twenty, I started gaining weight. Mm. When she was eighteen, and she didn't tell me the story. It was when she was under the highest self brought it to her attention. Wow. When she was eighteen, she was actually groped by someone on the street, and that there you go. like there you go yeah. <laughs> cellular memory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So it was pretty story. incredible. I'm sure that story also helps a lot of people. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. um, we all go through some challenges, and weight is a big one. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And and it can hit us at different points in our life, and that's mm-hmm. that's another thing that fascinates me is that sometimes it is because in another life we were that age mm-hmm. when something happened or whatever so then we get triggered in it in this life and we're like not gonna happen again Mm -hmm. i'm gonna i'm gonna protect myself with all these layers so exactly yeah Yeah. nice right you got about five more stories (laughs) (laughs) i can i could talk about a few healing stories um because um they're my favorite i love to see um the things that comes up during a session when it comes to like physical issues. Um, I've had a few clients who came with skin issues, Um, you know, um, acne or fungus on the skin or rash on the skin. Um, It just boggles my mind how most of them come up with the same story. Uh, (laughs) That's when you're like, I think there's something to this. (laughs) And um, most most of the times what I hear is they are, these are small uh, points of anger, rage sprouting out. And um, for different people, it's different kind of anger and rage. One had uh, anger or rage towards betrayal because the partner was betraying him. Mm-hmm. Um, one person had rage towards a parent or uh, rage towards a life partner. 
and uh, it took them back to a past life um, when it was actually triggered between the two souls. Um, and then I hear back from them a couple of months later that, hey, it's healed, it's gone. Like, wow, that's incredible. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, there was yeah, this one get, client. You get to the whole, the source of it and you understand yeah. it. You yeah. don't need it anymore. Exactly. Um, I know that, you know, we end up storing these small, small uh, traumas, experiences in ourselves at cellular level, mm -hmm. right? Um, and because we are taught not to pay attention to our emotions, you know, um, the first thing we do as parents is tell our children that, stop crying for such a small thing. It's no biggie. Come on, don't get your tears out. But that's the way to release your emotions. Mm -hmm. And when you're asked not to do it, you end up storing that experience in yourselves at cellular level, right? And yeah. the way QHHD or any other modality works is to extract that memory, bring it to the surface and release it. Understand the perspective of both the parties and release it, right? Mm -hmm. Um and that's exactly, I guess, what the higher self is doing for everybody is to bring them to the origination of that issue mm -hmm. and help them take it out. Um, there's this one client who came to me um, with a scar on her eye. And um, she said she's been going to the doctors and nothing was working, steroids, this, that, whatnot. But in her session, she actually went into a past life where she was, uh, someone threw an arrow at her and it hit her eye. Mm. And um, this, the, the soul just remembered, um, mm. I forget what caused, something triggered that memory in this life from a friend. Um, and that scar came back. And when she saw what happened in that life and understood the meaning behind mm -hmm. it, it was just gone. She said, I am like, there's no discomfort on my lid anymore. Uh, it's like it was never even there. So that wow. was uh, pretty yeah. incredible. Yeah. yeah. But that's just how easy it is. It's just, you It keep, I mean, <clears throat> sometimes it sounds so simplistic to keep saying, but that's why I say it so many times is you just have to get to the source the cause what was it all about yeah. once you understand it there is no more reason for it so it it has to go yeah it disappears mm -hmm. yes. there it goes for scars birthmarks vibrational match anymore exactly yeah yeah, yeah you yeah. cleared that so yeah mm -hmm. very cool and the and the one thing i noticed in a lot of people and this is not my clients but just generally with the people I interact um, mm -hmm. and none of them belong to this world that I'm a part of. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't they fun to watch and study? <laughs> I'm sure I'm fun for them to watch and Probably, study. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Something um, in common. <laughs> yeah, something in common. Um, I think people are so afraid to look at their emotions because um, it's like opening a Pandora box. That's yeah. the basic fear. Um, yes. But there is no other way yeah. to move on is to look at your emotions and uh, they are not scary at all. If you go through it, you're just going to shed a few tears and that's it. And you're going to feel so much more lighter. And um, you're, you'll, I think they notice that your reactions turn into responses and when that happens, every relationship around them changes. Mm -hmm. um, I know relationships around me have changed ever since uh, I stopped running away from my emotions. And anytime a reaction I'm about to react, I'm like, nope, wait a minute. This has nothing to do with you. It's got everything to do with me. I just got to understand what it is. And I step back. Yeah. And it's changed my relationships and lives tremendously. And uh I think um, the clients also go through that. I'm sure you guys notice that in your clients as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, yeah, and that's, that's for huge growing when you find yourself doing that. That's, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, 
it, yeah. it's, it's huge. It's a game changer. Mm -hmm. change, it really is. change your life. Um, I do. I glanced over and saw people were were asking how did they get in touch with you. I'm going to say really quick. QHHTofficial.com, find a practitioner, and then look for Artie under level three practitioners. Yes. And you'll get on the level three page, and Artie will be right there on it. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Didn't yeah. mean to interrupt, but I thought, well, what a nice opportunity to yeah. get that plug in there for you. <laughs> but yeah, level three practitioner, uh, QHHTofficial.com. So, um, I, I want to share about this other story. This has nothing to do with the client, but um, it's my own session that I went with Suzanne to Egypt um, this this May. Mm -hmm. It was incredible. And, you know, we were all doing a group regression. And um, I had an incredible experience with aliens. So I, th I thought it would be cool to share here in this mm -hmm. space. Um I saw me as a mantis being, and I saw that um, I was surprised that my ship was not hovering over, but it was buried under the ground. Like, okay. Oh, that's interesting. Um, I saw me as like super tall, 14, 15 feet. And I'm going in and I'm noticing that all these, I'm the commander of my ship. And I'm seeing that all these people who are in the ship, they go and they spread out all over the earth and they're picking up samples. At that time, I don't understand what the samples are, but it becomes clear to me later um, during the set, uh, while we were in under regression. Right. We pick up samples of every living creature, all right, um, from an amoeba to a human to animals, plants, whatever species. And I don't know what those samples are that we are collecting. But mm -hmm. what we are doing with these samples is that we are checking the level of consciousness of these living beings. It's like, wow, that's incredible. Um, and I'm seeing that why are we checking the level of consciousness of all these living species? Mm -hmm. um, and it turns out that once we understand the growth evolution process, we figure out how much technological advancement we can offer that these species mm -hmm. can handle. Because we can't give we can't give too much to them if their right. consciousness can't handle it. Right. So that's the work I was doing on that ship. And then I noticed that there's some really high beings. I think they were the Council of Nine. I wasn't sure. Mm -hmm. But they kind of came from there. They come in and they're looking at me and saying that, how, who gave them nuclear weapons? Did that come from you? <laughs> yeah. Like, <we're> the... <laughs> <Arnie> no. Did... <laughs> did, anybody, did anybody own up to it? <laughs> no one did. <laughs> No one did. And I'm looking at my guys that like, where did the, where did this come from? And we are all like, don't know. And it turns out that like us, there are 200 more species from different uh, star systems here on our earth. And um, not everyone is working for the highest good for uh, the mankind. Yeah. And they like how we are... Um, checking the consciousness and offering limited or whatever they can handle that technology, these guys are offering them more than they can handle to see what uh, will happen, oh, what kind of disruption okay. will happen. Um, and then I go ahead and I say that, okay, I'm going to volunteer to uh, incarnate as a human because um, it happened under my watch and I'm going to go in because we are now deciding should we wipe humanity because yeah. they cannot use nuclear mm -hmm. impossible yeah. do yeah. we need to wipe them start all over again and i'm like no we can't do that there's a lot mm -hmm. of work that went in so i tell them that okay i'm going to volunteer and i'm going to try to uh, raise the consciousness with love one at a time and then it's going to spread globally um, and we're going to bring humans to the heart center mm -hmm. in a way that they will never feel the need to use a weapon 
to harm each other. It's like, man, that's beautiful. beautiful. (laughs) That is incredible. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, it it really blew my mind. So this is what you were coming in to do personally? Yeah. So Suzanne was doing a group regression on all of us. Yeah, but that was your message that you came in to to bring everybody to Heart Center. Okay, could could you chop, chop, hurry up, come on. Yeah, that's it. Chop, chop, that's it. That was so cool. Yeah, I mean, when you're saying that, and that's what happens, and here you are working with people one at a time to help them, you know, they get their answers, their awareness, brings them in. Yeah, it all made sense. That's QHHD. Yes. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That is so cool. (laughs) So we're we're getting our warning now that we're Mm -hmm. running on time. So, yes. So. How do people reach you, Artie? Like, where's your website? We know we already gave them QHHTofficial.com. But how yeah, I have a website. It's called RTAgarwalQHHT.com. Um, all the details are on QHHT Official. When you click on my name, my website is there as well. Or you can send me an email. Um, again, it's long. I don't know how many can remember it. <laughs> it's <laughs> RT number two Agarwal at gmail.com easy so short so easy. So easy. <laughs> what area what area do you practice at? i'm in uh i'm in i'm based in new jersey um okay. so yeah yeah the right. mm-hmm. destination location for you know if you don't live there <laughs> yeah maybe it'll be fun to travel there yeah. mm-hmm. very right. cool uh announcements cool. uh retreats oh. retreats we have uh, Ibiza, Ibiza, whatever you want to call it, um, coming up, Ibiza, Spain in October in two weeks. It's like a little over two weeks. Oh my God. October. It's my mind. I know, fourth <laughs> to the ninth. Um, and then also Thailand, <laughs> Phuket, Thailand mm. in January, the 24th to the 30th. I think we just posted that on the website as well. So mm. wherever you are in the world, come and join us. You know, you can be there. Yeah, they're incredible. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be so much fun. Come and be with like-minded people. Let's yeah. get together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a lot of fun, mm-hmm. a lot of activities that you guys uh, put together for us. So, and, th- and there's an itinerary on the website yeah. as well. That kind of all shows there. And the energy. Right? I think the oh, energy, energy of yeah. all the people coming together yes. is just going to blow your mind. And I'm not even <laughs> kidding. It's like some serious <laughs> stuff that goes on there. <laughs> It it does absolutely. Um, yes. I think we are probably our time. I, I keep telling like we have another minute, but um, TracyMahan.com and you can find her on the site. But a QHHT official is our site. Okay. Um, anyway, we'll just go ahead and wind it up. I, I'm we're too close to call it here. So I love you all. Thank you so much. Thank you, Artie, for Thank being you. here. Thank this you so for wonderful. listening to me. Thank you. Oh my gosh, it's great I to be here. <laughs> Everybody go see Artie. Okay, bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.